Hey, Mark, how you doing? Hi, Morella. I'm doing great. And uh, I'm about nine episodes into my podcast and I'm going live and I can't think of a better person to go live with than you. And for those that are going to be clicking on this on YouTube or iTunes or wherever they find it, this is Morella Scalise. Did I say your last name right? Because I'm very uh, picky about... I'm very picky about how I say people's names and spell them. So <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> but uh, Morella is, I'm actually looking at your LinkedIn profile. I love this. 100% leader, 50% rebel. And frankly, from what I know about you, I feel like that's an accurate description. <laughs> okay, I was going to say maybe more like 75%, 80% rebel, but we'll go with 50%. I wanted to be a little conservative for LinkedIn, you know? You didn't want to give yourself uh, too much of a rep, I guess. <laughs> you know what? Rebels can be very positive. Rebels can be disruptive, but very positive at the same time. That is me. That is me. That is you. And the reason that's you is, man, you got a long resume. You are host and producer of the Anything Goes show podcast. There's one with your daughter and one that's just business oriented. I see you on my feet all the time. You also are a marketer. You're a brand mentor. You work with social media strategy. You're a businesswoman. And if Shaka Khan was here, she would say you're every woman because you've got a whole lot of stuff <laughs> going on. That. I can't. I do. I, I can't you. wait. And Mark, thank to... you so much. Before I was going to say, before we go on, thank you so much for having me on your podcast tonight. I really, really appreciate that immensely. Well, when I started this podcast, it's very much leaning towards uh, talking about career transitions and the journey that people uh, go along in order to go from a nine to five job to having your own career in business, something that reflects you very wholly. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was planning and prepping this podcast, you were definitely like very high on my list just because oh, we you. had that awesome we had that awesome phone conversation last year where uh, we you know just talked and got to know each other and we're talking about a writing project but really what I remember most is just getting to know you and talking to you and just how amazing you are and your journey and your a lot of what I want to become because I'm still working nine to five, but I'm also doing a podcast and I'm trying to work on my own brand. And you know a whole lot about branding. And obviously, as you put it, you are uh, 18 months into corporate retirement. and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and sometimes they keep trying to get me back in there, you know? <laughs> Once do they really? Do they, still, do they still call you? 
You know, it's, it's interesting. Firstly, I just want to say thank you so much. You are so kind. Um, just very, very sweet. Thank you so much for the kind words. I really, really appreciate it uh, immensely. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually, uh, it's actually uh, comical only because um, I was in uh, the corporate world for a very, very, very long time. And I, I'm very proud of my career in corporate. And when I walked away from it and I took some much needed time off, you know, when I reemerged, I, I, I knew I wanted to do something. And, you know, you often hear people talking about their passion and their purpose and what have you. But um, I really, and I, I've often said this too, I wanted to do something that would leave a legacy, something that I would be very proud of that would uh, leave a legacy of, of importance, you know, in, in the message and the medium of what we're trying to do and trying to talk about. And so, yeah, it's been 18 months and I've been, you know, grinding and I've been, you know, doing my putting in the work. And uh, when I when I was still sending resumes and a few companies would, you know, connect with me or I would connect with a few contacts, it was a little bit harder, I would say, to try to get back in just because um, it, it really is about who you know in a lot of cases within the industries, you know. Uh, but lately with the COVID-19 and this pandemic going on, one would think that um, there aren't a lot of jobs. One would think that companies aren't hiring. One would think that things have actually slowed down. Um, I've actually found uh, the reverse. I found that uh, companies have been calling me, um, recruiters, friends of mine, connections have been calling me um, to, to talk about potential special projects, contract work, helping them to ramp up their marketing and branding because they've lost a lot of momentum over the last couple of months, you know? Yeah, I've heard that from a couple of people in the same position as you. They feel like they're busier now than they ever were. Yeah. And that's just a reflection of the situation you're in. And you're already, like, established. So it's not like COVID-19 happened. You're like, well, I got I to gotta do something because I can't go to work. You were already established. So you were way ahead of the game. And one thing before we talk about now, I want to just go back in time and hop in the DeLorean for a minute. And <laughs> hop in the DeLorean. Let's do it. Okay. Hop in, hop in with Marty McFly and uh, Einstein, the dog. And uh, let's uh, talk about the moment that you said, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be down on corporate. I'm not necessarily like, even though my theme is career transition, I'm not necessarily down on corporate. But I know we all go through our ups and downs. It can be a real jungle working in corporate. You have so many different personalities and things going on. And it may not even be because of all that. It could just be you internally. But mm -hmm. when did you get to the point where you said, you know what, what I'm doing is great, but I feel like I have more to offer than just doing the corporate life. Like what actually got you started and how long did it take you to get to the point that you were able to go into corporate retirement? Probably everybody's dream. So first of all, such a great question. And second of all, I'm always the one asking the question. So it feels a little weird today. <laughs> Tables are turned. Well, you can by, ask me some questions. 
No, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, you know what? I was in corporate for, oh, I'm going to age myself, but I was in corporate for the likes of about um, 35 years. And I would say that it probably took me 35 years to decide that it was time for me to walk away from it. And um, I'm really, really proud of the career that I had. And yes, you're absolutely right. There are a lot of different um, landmines you've got to navigate. There are a lot of uh, politics. There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of um, you know different personalities. There's a lot of groups. There's a lot of, you know, um, I, I worked with a lot of fantastic people, but I also worked in an industry that was very much monopolized by acquisitions and mergers, right? And so that had a very big effect on my decision to leave because when companies buy out or buy smaller companies and they're integrating, you know, yeah, it might look really great on the bottom line with the clients and the revenues, but the one thing that suffers is the people. And companies have to look at redundancies and companies have to look at where there's duplication and companies have to look at who do we need and who do we don't, well, who don't we need, you know? And I'm very people centric. So even though I'm a businesswoman, I'm very people centric. And for me, it got to the point where I was just tired of watching fantastic good people walk, being walked out the door, you know, for whatever reason that the companies wanted to give them. And um, it can be very defeating and I love people. So I work in a, an environment where I bring people together for the greater good of business, right? And uh, I think, what's the saying? Together we're a lot stronger than if we're divided. So all of a sudden people are being walked out the door. Um, I, it was always about profits over people. And I just started to get a little tired of it. So I decided I needed a break. I, had, I wasn't taking any vacation. They were always paying me out at the end of the year, which is crazy. I really should have taken the time off. I, I was a workaholic and um, I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna walk away. I'm gonna take some time to decompress. And when I did come back as an entrepreneur, I realized, oh, I always knew this, that I could, by being my own boss, I could affect more positive change of helping people and no one was gonna stop me. Right. When companies start to say, I don't want you helping people, I don't need you helping people, you need to be focused on that. There's a problem with that. Yeah, you know, I'm having deja vu. I feel like this is uh, some of the topics we talked about last year. And uh, that was one of the things that really impressed me about you was just how much you cared about people and how that really uh was a driving force for you to take a different path. And you actually say one thing on your LinkedIn profile that I love that I was going to ask you this question, but I think you actually defined it. You say you're a heart centered businesswoman. Yes. And I feel like you just defined what that is just in that explanation because you. So and when you work in corporate America, I feel like as much as people might care about each other, there's always like that line that, you know, you, you got to still kind of look out for yourself. It can be kind of like a little bit of a game. And I feel mm -hmm. like you running the show, and I know that just from 
doing this podcast, you know, it's like, it's all about me, basically. I mean, I always tell people that the episodes themselves are about them, which it is, but that's a part of my philosophy is that, you know, I'm in control and that's how I control it by giving the guests the power, which you can't always do that in a corporate setting. You know, you, there's always that line. And I don't know if you agree with that, but that's kind of how I see it, where you can only look out for people so much where with this, I'll look out for my guests or whoever I'm collaborating with, like all yes. the way and then some. You know what, you uh, you know me very well. Um, first of all, you know, anyone that knows me knows that I don't really appreciate being handcuffed um, and, and, you know, being stifled in being creative and being able to do what I do best. And a lot of times what happens is um, when, when um, things are moving at a slower pace and you're having meetings to have meetings about having meetings, um, the creativity is not a priority and it can be very stifling and it can be very frustrating, right? Um, but when you talked about having the control to look after your team or not, um, when I, before I left, and I'm not saying this because, you know, I need, you know, like I need a medal or anything. I, I say it because uh, I'm proud of this. And of course, um, uh, it was exactly the right thing that needed to be done. And this is the way that I operate anyway. When, when um, before I left, there was a lot of upheaval within my teams. I was, um, I was looking after 12, 15 people and uh, they were scared and they were like, am I going to have a job? Because we had acquired a lot of companies and there was a lot of redundancies. And, you know, they're like, my husband's sick. I need this job or, you know, um, I, 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 I have to work or something else is coming up or I have a mortgage and people just were afraid of losing their jobs. Anyway, I made sure that every single person on my team landed in some position somewhere. I made sure of that because I was their manager, I was their leader, and it was my responsibility to make sure that that happened. And when I knew, um, now after I left, whatever happened after that, you know, you can't, you can't control. But when I knew that everybody had a spot, then I knew I could leave. And that's really uh, what it comes down to is just, you know, when you're working independently, it's, it, it just frees up so much more. And I know one thing that you mentioned that I really thought about a lot, especially once I had control over it. And, and that is, the key word is creativity. So... I feel like a lot of people feel like they don't really have a whole lot of power to be creative. Whereas when you're taking on your own product, like you or I are doing, it, it opens up the world and then some. And I, well, I'm, one of the things I'm curious about, because I know how it was for me, but when you left your job and you were basically kind of like thinking about the next thing. How, like, what kind of revelation did you have when you realized, wow, I have so much power to be creative, so much more than I'm used to. Right. What was that like for you? <laughs> it was, you know, it was, it was uh, amazing. And it was also kind of like, 
uh, I was in the twilight zone, right? Because all of a sudden I went from, you know, being a box on an org chart, right? Um, and having a title and having, you know, uh, dictated what the job description was and what have you. And that's okay, right? I mean, there's a place and a time for that. But at the same time, um, when I realized that, you know what, I could set the tone and the stage for building my own brand and building my own business. And I could make my own hours, even though I probably worked more than I did in corporate and I worked a lot in corporate. And I could meet different people and I could um, you know, build the marketing strategy and the campaigns and direct my business the way that I wanted to. Oh my goodness, it was absolutely liberating. It was like something just, like I had been freed, do you know what I mean? And that my yeah. mind and that my creativity had been freed. And when that happens, you can actually unblock a lot of the different things that are holding you back from being effective working in the culture that I was working in. So what exactly was the first move when you said, you know what, I want to work for myself? Like what? What was like the zero point, like the ground zero? That's a terrible thing to say. But I couldn't think of anything else. What what was like I understand the, the breaking start- point, you mean? Well, what was the starting point where you started the blueprint to where you're at now? I'm going to answer that question, but as you and I discussed, you said that I could uh, acknowledge a few folks that were watching, so we're going to do just that, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. And then I'm going to answer your question. Uh, Lorena is on. Hi, Lorena. How are you? Tonight, the tables are turned. Mark Schmidt is interviewing me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We have Fiona Strong watching. Carolyn, hi, Carolyn. How are you? Uh, We've got just... And really appreciate it. Um, you know, the, the point for me, Mark, was really, was really simple. It was, um, you know, I, I realized that life was just too short. And um, I'm not going to say that um, the career that I had was soul sucking. I'm not going to say. Am I still live? I think I am still live. Yeah, I... Are we back? I think so. I kind of lost you there for a second in the middle I'm of so that. I'm so sorry. Zoom is okay. so temperamental these days because everybody is on it. So I'm glad that we're back here. Anyway, all I was saying was that uh, the point for me was, you know, realizing that life is too short. And, uh, you know, we, we want to live life to the fullest, right? And I'm not going to say that my... My career was soul sucking because it wasn't. There were times when it was. There were points in my career when it was. And after 30, 35 years, I was like, 
okay, you know what? It's time for me to spread my wings because I felt that if I continued like this, what was left? I was gonna like get my watch and maybe if they gave me a watch and I was gonna retire and then what, you know? And I decided that I wanted to, uh, I didn't wanna get to that point. I wanted to break free from that and I wanted to build my own brand and my own business. And as I said earlier, my own legacy, that was the, the breaking point. You know, after 30, 35 years, you get to a point where you're like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I wonder what that says for me, because I've really only been working in corporate America for about 15 years. And I think by about the 10 or 12 year point, I was like, boy, that's enough. <laughs> but, uh, you feel like See, the thing is, when you start to feel um, restless, right, when you start to feel uh, restless and you start to question, you know, do I really want to be waking up to going and you know, the saying, if you're not uh, enjoying waking up, going into work and you're dreading it, you know that you're not, you're in the wrong job, right? If you start yeah. to feel restless, it doesn't matter if it's been 12 years or 12 months or five minutes, chances are it's telling us we need to make a change, Right. And that's really where I was at. So I took a buyout package from my former company. I was with them actually 10 years to the day that they set for giving out the buyout packages. It was like a, a cutoff point. So my very first day with the company, they went back to that day and said, if you've been here 10 years or more, that's the day. So first of all, I always thought that was pretty crazy. But by that point, and especially I didn't know what direction I was going in after all that, after being with the same company. But I had all this time between that job and the next one. And I really thought about it. And I was like, you know, this is like my time. I guess I was reflecting a lot on, you know, dreams that I had. Like I wanted to write a story about my time in high school, something that I'm still only like a quarter of the way done with after three years. But <laughs> you'll but, get there, though. You don't get there. Yeah, I, I just, I appreciate that. I, I just had a dream of like writing scripts and doing stuff like that, which is part of the reason I got into TV production. But along the way, I realized that I wasn't actually doing that. I was so focused on climbing the corporate ladder and that was my focus. I was like, well, once I climb to a certain point or once I get to a certain point, then that'll open up the door for me to do all this creative stuff. Right. But I realized that, wow, I was with that company for 10 years. I left and I didn't get there. And there were so many things, you know, I was getting kind of close to 40 at that point. I'm like, I, I need to start doing some of this stuff. And even doing something like this, public speaking, even though it's not public, public speaking, it, this is something I've always wanted to do. Realize I haven't really built the foundation for that either so and it's interesting you say that mark because you know that's exactly it for me at one point i was sitting there i kid you not and i asked myself 
like I was signing off requisitions for holidays and I was signing off requisitions for, you know, um, promotional items. And I was signing off things and I was, because I was managing people and I was making sure that things were running smoothly. But I remember asking myself, when was the last time I created something? When was the last time I developed, you know, a campaign or I drafted a template or I put any color on paper? When was the last time I did that? Because remember, um, I have a journalism and a journalism background, but I've also got like the marketing and the communications and the branding, right? And the business development. So I, I just felt like I had stopped creating and that wasn't what I was getting into. And so you start to ask yourself, is this really where I want it to be. So when people start to say, oh, I want to get to there, be careful where you want to get to, because once you get there, it might not actually be what you want, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's something that I've learned along the way. And I know, I feel like I wanted to say this before uh, some of the technical difficulties. And I want to make this point if I haven't. But when I was a manager, the number one thing that I learned at the job that I was at before the buyout was a lot of people feel like they're not using their creativity mm -hmm. in their roles. And I have worked most of my career in very technical uh, jobs, very like A to B, you know, point A, point B type of things where there's not a whole lot of room for creativity, but it can be created if you put your heads together and really think about it. But it really woke me up. And I think it's one of the things that inspired me to take on some of these projects, like trying to write the book finally, trying to uh, create the blog that I have, which occasionally I still write a blog. I feel like the poor blog has gotten kicked in the curve. But, uh, <laughs> Are you going to revisit it? Are you going to get started again on it? I just posted something a few weeks ago, and uh, it's about my uh, journey during the pandemic so far, because I'm considered an essential employee where I work. I'm basically keeping like three or 400 radio channels on the air and oh, keeping wow. everybody entertained during all this madness. And uh, it's been a really interesting experience just going through this process of all this stuff, like hitting me like pretty much literally in the face with all right. the changes and the, the suspension of all the sports leagues and everything else. And I had some time off for a few weeks and I just sat down and really poured my heart into it. And for your audience and hello to everybody who's watching. I didn't get a chance to say hi, but hi everybody. Hi. Yes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks guys. Yeah. Hi. And thank you. And uh, that blog is Marky Mark's world.blog. If you want to, check that out and i wish i would have called it mark my words i didn't get the idea for mark my <laughs> I words like that. mark my words that's yeah, very catchy i like it i could not come up with it though it was actually a twitter follower a fellow blogger 
very early on when I first started my blog, they're like, you know, a great name for your blog would have been Mark My Words. It's like, oh, I should have thought of that. <laughs> but, but listen, everyone's going to think that uh, they're going to get Mark Wahlberg when they come to yours, Marky Mark. So that's not a bad thing either. And that's something that a few people have brought up. They're like, hey, aren't you worried about like copyright and they're going to come and shut down your site? I'm like, not really, because <laughs> I'm not trying to be him or take anything away from him, <laughs> nor me. do I think I could. But <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. But, you keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I'm just doing my thing. But, exactly. uh but anyway, I just kind of, I think that was a wake-up call for me when all those people and I'm the one kind of like trying to come up with projects to get people to be more creative and, you know, make them feel valued in that way. And it yeah. was a real wake-up call for me personally because I'm like, you know, I need to be more creative. And that is really the root of where projects like this came from and it's incredibly gratifying for me and I know or I don't actually know because I didn't ask the question yet but <laughs> but you're going you, to I, I'm going to do it right now so as a host and producer of two podcasts I gotta believe because I know this is I think the ninth episode of my podcast and I know how extremely gratifying every one of these conversations have been and how like amazing it makes me feel to connect with people on this level and I just want to ask if that's something that you get out of your podcast and were you expecting to get anything like that and really I'll just add this one like 10 billion questions but it's okay were you expecting to get like what exactly were you expecting to get out of it is what i want to ask okay well, all three listen, of those are all great questions yes all great questions thank you first of all um the anything goes movement and it is a movement it's i always say this it's not just a show it's not just a segment it's not just a podcast it is so much more. It is uh, a movement. It is a feeling. It is about uh, community. It is about coming together. It's about taking a stand, making a stand about something, you know? And uh, for me, what I really love about, first of all, it's very gratifying, very, very gratifying. The fact that I could do the original Thursday night show with my daughter, Julia, uh, especially gratifying because we have that family dynamic that we bring to it, along with the supporting community of people on social media and you know everywhere in the world. And we emulate our love of dance and music and laughter and comedy through these crazy times, you know, uh, with candid conversations. And we talk about all kinds of topics and issues and we really bring them to the forefront. We don't, we don't talk too much about religion and politics. We try to stay away from those, but everything else is, is you know, um, uh, open for, for discussion. And uh, one thing that I think makes our podcast very unique is that me and Julia, we bring ourselves and what we've been through right into everyone's homes on Thursday night. We talk about, you know, our crazy dates. We talk about, you know, dealing with depression and mental health. We talk about grieving the loss of a, like a loved one. We're talk we talk about 
uh, career transition and difficulties and um, uh, all kinds of things that obstacles, you know, we talk about these things and we bring so many fantastic guests along for the ride that come in and, and join us. And then of course, all the people that watch. So it's just become this beautiful, beautiful thing. So yes, very, very gratifying for sure. And uh, of course I spun off the original show into a business set, uh, series on Tuesday nights where we're talking about it, still the same amount of silliness and fun, except that we, uh, we bring a lot of um, uh, discussion around whether it be careers, recruitment, the job market, health, fitness, you know, um, the mental mindset. Uh, we talk about dating, relationships, we talk about entrepreneurship, startups, and things like that. And um, did I expect it to be the way that it was? You know what? I was hopeful that people would love it and care about it as much as I do and as much as we do. And the only way I knew that people could care about it is if they embraced what we were doing, embraced our message and embraced us, right? And I knew that it was going to be um, a real healing power and journey for me and my daughter. And from the you know testimonials that we get and the messages we get um, every single week, um, it seems like we're on the right track, you know? We've probably done, oh, I don't know, this is a guesstimate. We celebrated our 50th show back in February and we haven't stopped even during this pandemic because we're doing the at-home editions. And so between both podcasts, I think we're probably at 70, 80 shows now, maybe, maybe more. So it's absolutely wonderful. That's pretty amazing. And I mean, I know with my busy schedule, I don't always get to them, but... Uh, I have found your podcast when I do to be very entertaining and fun and informational. And I, I think you're doing incredible things, which is why I wanted you on my podcast. And uh, one, thing, so much. one thing that uh, I don't know if you're moving boulders out of my way part <laughs> Of your business. You saw that on my LinkedIn profile, did you? I did. I'm looking at it right now because that's <laughs> how I roll. But, that's uh, how I roll. Exactly. Did you want to know what that meant, why I wrote that down? Well, I feel like a lot of what you're saying ties into this. And this is a part yes. of your business I don't know a whole lot about. But... Uh, if you can elaborate, and uh, you use words so well. I love the way you use words. But, uh... Aw, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, so moving boulders out of my way was both um, a literal and figurative, uh, you know, terminology. Because uh, if you think about sometimes, like I said earlier on the podcast, feeling very handcuffed and stifled that you can't do the things that you want to do, even though you believe that they're the right decisions, even though you're more than capable of doing it. There's always someone that's telling you not now, not today, not this. And um, it can be very, uh, you feel very defeated and you feel like, well, what am I here for then? You know? And so boulders can be situations. They can be environmental. They can be people. Uh, they can be your feelings, your own feelings about things. Right. And so I spent uh, several months moving those heavy, heavy boulders, you know, out of my way, <laughs> uh, very sore shoulders. If you think about the, the whole premise behind it, you know, but when I did that and I had a clear view and a clear path, then I was ready to take my business and, and launch it and start it. And my business is, um, it's a number of different streams. Like the, um, the shows came first. 
um, actually, even though they weren't even part of my business strategy, you know, and then we built the business and the brand strategy around the shows. But, um, you know, I focus on everything to do with and I and there's like three or four different pillars, maybe five. But um, everything from, you know, um, helping develop leaders and, and, and managers and, um, you know, the whole uh, culture around true authentic leadership by example, right? And uh, there's also the social media, branding, marketing strategy side of things. I do all of that along with my daughter, Julia, uh, who does a lot of the uh, graphic design, video, uh, you know, editing and creation. So anything to do with, you know, all of that. Then there's also the, the business side of things. You know, I write business plans. I help businesses start. I do marketing plans. I help marketing, uh, like refresh and rebrands of marketing strategies. I'm a copywriter. I'm a content creator. So there's, there's that. And then on the other side of the, of the, the coin, there's the, the life and the motivational side of things where um, I help people. So, you know, I don't call myself a coach. Or a consultant, you know, I just am like, I just am me. And, and by extension of getting to know people, I help people, right? So there's that and just helping people through career transition, uh, whether it be, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up or I'm 50 now and I need a change, or I just lost my job. Where do I start? How am I going to get out of this? I've just been fired. How do I even look for a job? Things like this, or um, if they've gone through some life catalysts, you know, that they need some motivation and, 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 uh, and um, an assistance on, right? And these are all, all these different streams are based on not only my skills and my expertise and, and my experience, but actual, you know, I draw from my own life, what I've been through, you know? So if you're not a coach where you don't define yourself as a coach, how would you define yourself? Would you say like consultant or advisor or you, you have so many great word choices. You probably have a great word. You know, I haven't I call myself, you know what I call myself on my, on my resume when I list my company, I, I list myself as chief advocate officer. Very well put. I had to expect something that good. Because uh, I, advocate, I advocate for people and I advocate for improvements and I advocate for better ways. And I advocate, I, I don't listen, I don't follow the popular vote all the time. And sometimes you've got to make the difficult decisions and that doesn't mean following the crowd, right? And an advocate is someone that, um, you know, has a tough job, but is, is a job that I'm very, very proud of for sure. And one thing I'm learning as we talk here, all these words and just knowing your story, it all ties back to what I think is you at your core. And it just feels so authentically expressed. And I feel like that's something that people are craving more and more is authenticity. And uh, I almost don't even want to ask this because I think we know the answer. You, do you feel like that's something that you bring to the table? That's the only thing I bring to the table. Everything else uh, is a spillover from that, you know, and uh, it's a great question. And I appreciate you, you know, you asking it. Uh, interestingly enough, right? Um, we've all been there. We're all, we're sitting there. We're trying to develop a brand or a campaign or some catchy, you know, tagline. And when I started out on my own, you know, journey, 
um, and I was thinking about how I, I wanted to present myself. I mean, I wanted to present myself as me. This is me. But, you know, what's my brand? What's my product? What's my position on things? How do I want people to know me? And I couldn't think of anything else other than me. I'm going to present myself as honest, truthful, raw, real, and relatable, right? And uh, that's it. And when you think about that as a differentiator, what, what does that tell you about, you know, the state of the union, right? I felt that, um, not that I came on the scene and people were craving something fresh uh, as opposed to, you know, others. I came on the scene and I thought, you know what? I think people are yearning that there's a little bit more purity and honesty in business and in social media and the way that we interact with one another. Do you know what I mean? And, and in my dealings with people and, and getting to know the communities, um, I'm not wrong about that. And so did you know when you started everything up that your background in marketing was going to be like so integral to your success? Yes, I knew. I knew that marketing was going to be a big part of it. I knew that um, my business experience obviously was going to be a big part of it. Um, I also studied psychology um, a few semesters in college, and I also knew the psychology end of it was going to be a big part of it because, you know, we got to remember that um, most business decisions, if not all business decisions, are based on uh, the sustainability of people and the decisions that are made by people with people, right? And um, the psychology of people is a very interesting dynamic, of course, and how relationships are formed and business decisions are made. So yes, I absolutely knew that it was going to be, um, it was going to be integral in the whole thing. So interesting to listen to you talk about uh, just the book smart side of all this because when I think about myself I have to admit I don't read like much at all you know I read articles on my phone and you know I read social media I you know there's a a blondie song that I'm thinking of where they talk about being a sidewalk social scientist and there's another um, that I can't even think of I, I want to say it's Manny Moore but I can't remember but the other one is like pocket philosopher I almost feel like those two things describe kind of like a part of what I bring to the table because I feel like I'm more just uh, not so much like reading up and I'm a fan of this or that or like your background is just amazing because for me my whole background is being technical and being you know just a to b everything else that i have is all kind of like life experience so and i know you bring a lot of that but how much would you say is more life experience versus all of the education and book smarts like what do you think outweighs the other for you? I would say that the um, life experience and the ability to learn lessons through 
uh, involvement with people and colleagues and understanding the way that certain structures and processes work, how they associate with people, right? And how people work together or not uh, in team environments, I think weighs very heavily on the way that uh, business is conducted or not conducted. And for me, I weigh very heavily on, on the landscape of people and the interactions and bringing community together and that whole sort of like leadership by example, right? The education's important, of course, um, all of the, the years of, of, of knowledge gained and experience and uh, learning the trades and learning certain crafts and learning certain skills and, and how it all works, of course, that's, that's very important. I mean, if I didn't learn Word or PowerPoint, I would not be able to put together a Word you know, or PowerPoint document, of course, right? But it's not, a, it's not always about that. Often it's about you know, working with people, understanding the gel of pe the vibe of the groups, um, the strengths of people and how it all comes together for the greater goal, right? Because if you think about it, working together or not working together is a make or break, right? Uh, the same could be said for skills. That's why a lot of times, like when I was working in the, um, like in the, in the corporate world for years, HR would often, you know, um, uh, uh, volunteer to take on the hiring for me. And I would, I would often be like, you know what, post the jobs, um, for sure, but I will, I will set up all the, the appointments because to get through my calendar, it, it's going to be a logistical nightmare. I might as well do it anyway. Right. And then at the same time, it was also, um, excuse me, it was also, uh, not only I will do the, uh, the, uh, administration of that and the coordination of the meetings, but I'm also going to interview the people. So a lot of times the candidates would come in and they'd be very surprised to see me on the first interview. Right. But I'm not a proponent of five interviews. Uh, for me, it's, it's yes, education and, and experience is very important, but I'm always looking for those life skills, right. The drivers, those passions, uh, the eagerness. So there's so many other things that are very, very important. So um, I learned that early on. And then I translate that into my, the later part of my, my career as well. It's very, very paramount for sure. I agree with that. I mean, having those life skills and just bringing that side of you to the table, just that authenticity, I feel like is so important in anything that you do. And I know that's something that I really value as well. So, and obviously not surprised that you do. And uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, like that's always been my my mantra. And you know what? It's, it's not just about work and business. It's about friendships. It's about family dynamics. It's about relationships. It's about everything in the way that we, we conduct ourselves. That's why for me, um, a lot of the times you'll hear me uh, write about life and work and everything in between, right? Because it's not just about work. It's not just about life. I mean, look at this pandemic, right? You cannot um, say, well, this is, it's just this and it doesn't affect all of this other stuff. It all affects everything is related, you know? And so for me, um, I remember back in my day, even my parents' generation, you know, it was kind of like, oh, you, if you have problems at home, you don't take them to work. If you've got problems at work, you don't take them home, right? But nowadays it's very, very different. And uh, of course, you know, uh, I, I'm so happy to see more companies uh, putting emphasis on mentally healthy, positive, healthy workplaces and things like that. Um, people 
um, and what they're going through at home affects their jobs and vice versa, you know? And so me as, um, you know, as, uh, as a manager and as just a, a colleague and a collaborator with people, I've always said, you know what, health is number one. Health and family, take care of health and family and the work will be there. And you know what, when you take care of your employees and you take care of people, they bring it back 100 fold into the productivity of things. It, it's just, it, it's, it's always been that way. And what you just said there about what you were taught about how to approach work, that's pretty much exactly what I was taught. So I, I personally can say there was a lot of rewiring in my head over the years because I think I realized at one point, like, it, it's not really about just going to work and coming home and you know, there, there's always, like, at least in the corporate world, there's always some kind of, like, line that's still there. But you almost, I, I think it goes a long way when you show people that you actually, like, really do care about their well-being. I know for me, it goes, like, a really long way. So, and I, it's very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling as a person, you know, um, you spend so many hours at the job that you want it to mean something. You want it to reflect something. You want to show something for it at the end of the day, right? Otherwise, why are we here? Why are we doing this? And it always, like I said earlier, and I'll say it again, it comes back to to legacy, you know, um, otherwise we're just punching the time card and, you know, we're going home and then we're going to, you know, sleep and then we're repeating the next day. I really wanted to break the cycle, you know, and that's, I think why later on in my life, because, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are 15 years old, right? Um, I became an entrepreneur at how old? 53. So, um, you know, mind you, one could argue that I was always an entrepreneur. I was always doing my own thing within the greater, larger scope of the companies I worked with. I was always involved in something, but to really own this baby and call it my own. Um, yeah. You know, and, and this is my chapter two right now. That's where we're at. Well, speaking of your chapter two, just to help round this, uh, home here, because we've been talking for almost an hour. It's gone um, by so fast. It's gone by really fast. <laughs> it just flew by, Mark. It did. Well, one thing that I want to know is what does the future hold for you? Like, what do you see coming up next for your business? That's a great question. Well, I, uh, for one thing, I've been trying to do my taxes for the last two months since being at home and uh, I have not been able to, so <laughs> I'm hoping I can finish those, but, um, I'm really hoping to expand the anything goes brand. Um, I don't know what that looks like. If it means, um, expanding different sort of branches of the, of the segments that I do. Um, but, um, I'm also going to be releasing, I, I was actually on the, on the cusp of it. I started announcing this. Um, just about the time when we had the lockdown, but I'm going to be starting to release um, and launch a few um, anything goes type of workshops and um, courses and programs and, and uh, seminar type things around all different types of things to help people, whether they be, you know, new brand new, you know, entrepreneurs and startup businesses, small business owners, you know, larger companies. I also um, am going to start, um, obviously I do a lot online and I'm going to continue 
doing things online, you know, it, it really is all about bringing people together. I've got a few book projects, excuse me, projects uh, on the go. I'm really excited about that. Again, it's about sharing my voice, but sharing my story in the hopes that it'll, you know, continue to help other people. And, um, you know, I'm always doing something on social media. So um, I want to really continue to, to, to branch out, you know, in Toronto and then the greater Toronto area in Ontario and perhaps across the country. So I have a few uh, business model plans in the, in the works around what, you know, I'm doing right now. But, you know, the one thing I want to say is, is that Rome wasn't created in a day. It took like six days. And so a lot of times people think that, oh, you know, I should have been this farther ahead. It's been 30 days or six months. The reality is, is that it's a constant, it's consistent. It takes years, but you keep putting in the work and you keep consistent and ultimately all the, all the chess pieces will start to, to make sense, you know? I, yeah, I do. I know exactly what you're saying. And uh, one thing you said earlier that really uh, struck me as you're talking about all the great stuff that you have planned is I know for me, as I've gone along on my journey, I've said, okay, if this project is successful or this catches on, or whatever the case is, like I've always had something going on in my head as far as like, okay, if this happens, then I'm going to do this. I'm going to expand to that. Um, was that going on with you when you like, when you started the podcast, did you say, okay, if this podcast goes well, I'm going to create workshops. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Was that the kind of thing that was going on in your mind? Uh, not necessarily. I, I had a vision. I had a plan that I wanted to uh, diversify. And this is the thing, you know, um, I, I'm a proponent of sticking to one or two or three things and then working from there and building out, I think is the best premise. At least that's what I have found in my career. Uh, so for me, I wanted to obviously educate and I wanted to teach and I wanted to you know, consult and I wanted to, you know, give my, my 35 years of, 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 uh, you know, business lessons and, and life lessons to people. Right. So I wanted to do all of this and I had it all mapped out, but then the shows came first. Uh, right. And that wasn't really part of the plan. So when the opportunity came up to do them, uh, and I put, you know, my heart and soul into them, my daughter does as well and all the segment co-hosts and the people that support us, right? Like I said, it's a it's a 24 hour thing. Like it doesn't, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful thing that people come together to, to support and to watch. So um, I built the, the strategies around the show, but the beautiful thing about it is, instead of me saying, Mark, go visit my website so you can get to know me, you can listen to me and get to know me uh, in the comfort of your own home or on your phone or on your laptop every single week, right? And by extension of that, then you can determine if I know what I'm talking about or not, or if I'm personable, if I relatable, if I, you know, you want to work with me, if you want to collaborate with me, if you want to get some advice. So that started happening, right? And I started to reach a lot of people. And then by extension of that, then I can, I can uh, share my message with, uh, with more people. Well, that's everything right there in a nutshell. I, one thing that, I compare from our conversation last year and this episode 
and I'm just looking at your uh, LinkedIn and some of the notes you sent me. I'm like, wow, I really do know this person. <laughs> you do. You really do. You Every- know? And I haven't even like scratched the surface yet. Like what I mean by that is that um, I have conversations with a lot of people and I try to give nuggets of information and advice and this and the how to's and do it this way. But I haven't actually really gotten to like the heart and soul of, okay, let's do it like this. And this is what it looks like. And, you know, A to Z. And that's part of my plan, obviously, you know, to get it going, because these are all tried and tested and true principles. And one thing I'm going to say is that while social media and digital marketing is absolutely paramount, make no mistake, you know, um, learning old school and then translating it into a, you know, um, a technology uh, you know, world, I think there's a benefit in merging both worlds. And that's exactly what I've done. Well, before we wrap up and speaking of what you've done, what bit of advice should somebody who wants to create their own business, whether it is a podcast, a blog, or social marketing, uh, what piece of advice do you have for people that they haven't done anything or just dreaming about it? Sure, sure. I would say, um, first of all, decide what you stand for. Decide what you're all about and what you can offer. And you might be great at 10 things. Focus on maybe one or two things firstly and uh, start to network on social media and start to meet people and start to connect with people subtly and slowly. I always believe in slow and steady wins the race. I also believe in focusing on the long game, which is very hard for some people because in the world of instant gratification, where we're a click away from everything, um, when you talk to people about, oh, it's going to take six months or 12 months or 18 months, they're like, I don't want to hear that. I need it in two days. The reality is, is that sales cycles and, and, and marketing cycles, you know, and revenue cycles, they take months and months because it takes time to build those relationships with those people that you want as your customers and your clients, right? So continue to show up as your authentic, real self all the time. Um, You know, smoke shows will eventually be discovered and there's too many of them out there. Just be real, be you. Uh, People will like you for you. Have something to say, stick with it, always be truthful about it, share your experiences. But again, I have to say, decide what you stand for and what's your brand going to be. A lot of times what happens is, um, and I've seen this, you know, well, I'm going to just, and I'll use this analogy, throw spaghetti on 10 walls and something's got to stick and something's got to happen. Maybe so, but that's not really the way that you want to market. You want to be very strategic. You want to be very methodical in your thought process and you want to connect with people genuinely and you want to get to know them. And and the one thing I would really love to say, if I may, you know, we've all seen it instead of connecting with someone, whether it be on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or all three. And the minute that the connection happens, you're sending them, you know, links to your website, links to your, this looks don't do that because that's a real turnoff and people want to get to know you first. Um, You might not even know if it applies to them, if it's relevant, get to know what their needs are, get to know what they need, if anything from you, build that relationship. And then you get one client and then you get word of mouth and testimonials and referrals and it starts to grow from there, but keep it consistent. Um, The last thing I'd like to say is 
um, market when you're busy. And this is a real, um, sometimes people don't get this, you know, people think, oh, I'm busy. I'm making money hand over fist. And I don't, but you know what? If markets crash or you don't diversify your portfolio and something happens and all of a sudden you lose your clients in one area, what are you going to do? Then you got to ramp up and start over again. So you market when you're busy and you also market when you're not busy. It's kind of a simultaneous thing. Yeah, definitely marketing when you're busy is a challenge. Even when you're not busy, exactly. it's a challenge. So I know that firsthand just with my schedule. And <laughs> I just want to say that I love that so, like several of the guests I've had on Mark My Words, a lot of things you're saying here as we wrap up, common thread of just be yourself and be genuine in what you do. And I know I live by that motto as well in all of my work. And uh, I love that that's becoming like a common thing that everybody's been saying. I'll add one more thing, Mark, if I may. And that is, um, if I think back to the times in the boardroom and the showstoppers, I used to call them and the egos and the people that just was all about them all the time. Um, that's not a way to win any kind of, you know, strategy or even win, not win, but earn respect, you know, and earn trust. You got to work together. Uh, you, we've all heard the whole I and team. So um, helping other people is really, really a great way to build that rapport and build that trust. And if you help people and you do it in such a genuine way, because you care about them, they will believe that you care about their business and they will come knocking, even if it's just for a quote, but it starts with that. And then you go from there. Well, Speaking of uh, connecting and uh, providing help for people, anybody who's listening or watching this through one of my uh, channels, how can they uh, find you on social media? How can they uh, connect with you? Sure. So I am on LinkedIn, Morella Scalise, and I'm on Facebook, also Morella Scalise. And I'm on Instagram, Morella.Scalise. And uh, as well, um, I've got a uh, Anything Goes uh, page uh, on Facebook. I also have another page um, called So Guess What? That's, uh, I haven't actually even uh, promoted it, but uh, that's uh, part of my, uh, my group of, uh, of companies, you know, and uh, I've got a page there and uh, I'm always active. I'm always doing something and um, I'm always checking in to see what others are doing because again, you know, everybody's got a voice and everybody's got a story. I'm um, a story sharer and I'm a voice owner, but I'm a story seeker as well. And um, I've always been very curious and very inquisitive and everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. And that's why I'm always so fascinated with, uh, with everything. And you know what, when you understand people and their story, then you can do better business with them. Well, I'll tell you, you have an incredible story. I love listening. I loved listening to you for the past hour. And uh, I'm so glad I had you on this podcast. Oh, and, I'm so glad you had me too. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And I can't thank you enough for uh, you sharing this with your audience live. And I can't believe that the 
whole idea of being live didn't phase me, except for my pop filter. It kept <laughs> dipping down. Except for a couple of Zoom glitches, but we we're kind of used to those as well and the unstable connection. But it was amazing. It was an amazing experience, Mark. Thank you so much again. And this thanks for everybody that tuned in. Um, what I'll do is uh, a watch party on Facebook. And, and Mark, you can do one as well because I tagged you, so it should appear on your page as well. And, awesome. uh, and people can... Uh, people can join in. So thank you again so, so very much. Well, thank you very much. And for everybody uh, who's picking this up, like I said, follow Morella, keep up with her because she's doing some amazing stuff. And thank you. I love what you're doing. So thanks for uh, being on Mark My Words. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be back soon enough with another episode. And uh Hope to have more great conversations like this with you down the road. And oh, I look forward to it. I still look forward to it. Thanks so much, you guys. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody. Take care.